Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. Okay, so just get some news out of the way. So just go ahead and kind of clean the slate and kind of let you know what's going on with the podcast, what is going on with the Superpowered Fancast. Um, so I'm going to be going solo for a while now. Um, uh, Danny is uh, taking his uh, taking his Kessel Run Weekly show to the next level and I'm uh, really proud of him and I wish him all the best of luck offering him whatever luck I can and uh, but he's going to go ahead and concentrate on that because he's doing that twice a week Um, so he may pop up occasionally back on the Superpowered Fancast to help uh, guest host but uh, he's going to be concentrating on that Uh, Jenna and Stephanie are going to concentrate on their personal lives um, and careers and things like that and I wish them uh, all the best of luck. So right now you got me and I'm going to be having some guest hosts occasionally until we uh, until, you know, I can find a more permanent arrangement for the show. But the show is going to continue. Show's going to keep going. It's still going to go weekly. So you can expect new content weekly. And I'm trying to get on a better schedule so I can try and get something up at the beginning of every week rather than kind of putting it out there in the at the end but we're going to go ahead and we're going to keep going this is a train that doesn't stop just because people get off at certain stops doesn't mean the ride is finished so uh what's going on in the world now the biggest thing in the world i can tell you right now and i know everyone is talking about it is this is the week of san diego comic-con international 2017 and i'm not there at least not this year now i definitely plan to be there next year but right now since i'm not there i'm kind of getting the news as everyone else is or i'm getting it from my colleagues over at geeks worldwide who are there and who are sending me information uh some insider stuff so i'm going to be bringing that to you as i get it if i get some uh if i get some really good news that's definitely going to be in an episode but for right now let's talk about you know kind of what's going on in in the world what's going on in the news and the first thing i want to talk about is disney now, Disney just had their huge D23 fan expo where, you know, they uh, they showcase all of their upcoming projects, upcoming stuff, television, animation, gamings, their entire slate. They go ahead and, and talk about that. And it's always awesome. Now, one of the big controversies that they actually had been having up until the expo was their live action Aladdin. Now, they weren't able to actually find anyone to play the two leads, uh, i.e. Aladdin and Jasmine. But they actually, on the, uh, actually on the, on the 17th, I, rec- I reported, they actually did uh, find their two leads. So their two leads for Aladdin, um, uh, the first one uh, playing Aladdin himself, the street rat who is the diamond in the rough, is an actor named uh, Mina Masood. Now, he's a relative newcomer. You don't really, uh, he hasn't really done a whole lot of work that I've seen. Uh, he's done a lot of voiceover and animation, um, but he does have a role on the upcoming Jack Ryan series. So kind of be looking out for him. Now, as far as the role of Jasmine, um, Jasmine is going to be played by Naomi Scott. Now, I do remember her from the Fox series Terra Nova. Um, but you probably know her if you saw this year's Power Rangers movie because she played Kimberly. Uh, 
So joining the two of them is going to be Will Smith as the genie. Now, I'm still on the fence about this. And I mean, not even necessarily on the fence. I mean, you've got, how do you follow Robin Williams' performance? There's, there's almost no way that you can follow that performance effectively. And as talented as Will Smith is, and I think he is an incredibly talented actor, I think he is a, I think he's a very funny comedian when he wants to be. But I would have rather that they go with someone with an improv background that could actually riff close to the way that Robin Williams did. And I'm not saying that they could have done the job he did or even overshadowed him because that performance is what it is. But someone with the ability to riff, I don't see that. I don't see that in Will Smith. I honestly don't. I think the problem that I think what's going to happen is, is that all of Will Smith's lines are going to be scripted and it's going to take away from it's going to take away from the the nuance and the magic of that role. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I, I'm trying I'm trying to reserve judgment, but I'm also going to be honest about how I feel. And that's literally how I feel about this about this news. Now, I mean, the remaining cast hasn't even been announced, so I don't know who's going to be playing the Sultan, who's going to be playing Jafar, are they going to have Iago, if they are going to have Iago, who's going to play Iago, I mean, uh, I don't know. So, I mean, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of information that hasn't come out yet, so we're just going to have to wait and see, like, what does and what develops in this story going forward. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that winter is here. Game of Thrones is back. Um, I have a review of the first episode of Season 7 on my website, superpoweredfancast.com. You can go ahead and check it out. But I'm going to uh, talk about my impressions of the first episode uh, without spoiling anything. And frankly, the first thing I want to talk about is just how much of a focus it seems to be on the women of... Uh, of the series and which is a great thing. I mean, you're seeing so many different, um, facets of how a woman is living in, in this world. I mean, you have, uh, you have Aya who is, you know, all about revenge, but she's still so innocent looking that, that people are allowing her to get, to get close, which could be both a, a blessing and a curse for her. You got Sansa who, has survived like i mean she survived joffrey she survived ramsey and she survived Cersei, and you know she's at this one really she is the rightful heir to winterfell but right but she's taking a back seat to to john and it's interesting to see their dynamic because she's trying to you know assert her opinion which she which she absolutely has a valid one and she's trying to let, you know, people, and especially John, know. Now, also, one of my favorite characters, I love the Lady of Bear Island. I love Leanna Mormont. I think she is one of the best characters written for this series. And I love the fact that it's almost like just the fact that she can shut down a room full of men with just her, just her personality. I think that is amazing. It is a great thing to see. And I, I look forward to seeing her every time she, I mean, every episode, but I love it when she's on screen because I know she's going to say some stuff that is just 
perfect. That is just perfect for the moment. But then you also have Cersei, who, you know, now she's the queen. But what does that mean to her now? Now that she's basically just kind of surrounded by by enemies, like, what is that, you know, what is that going to entail for her life going forward? I mean, and then, frankly, who can she trust? I mean, she spent her whole life basically not trusting anyone. And the one person that she can trust, I mean, is Jamie. And even he's starting to to waver and how he feels about her. But we're going to see how that how that is going forward. But the other thing that's great about that episode is that Danny is back. Daenerys is back. And she has and just that scene in the end, I think the best part of that episode and it's a little going to be a little bit spoilery, but I'm just going to say it anyway, because I think it's great. One of the best aspects of that episode was the fact that Daenerys in that entire episode had one line and it summed up everything that needed to be said. And the fact that like her journey to Dragonstone and everything that happened while she was there didn't need dialogue. And even without the, and without the dialogue, you, you felt much more. Like you felt her presence. You felt how she was feeling. You had the sense of returning, of how important it is for her to be back in Westeros. So that, uh, that's, that was amazing. So, I mean, I'm absolutely back on board. I mean, the episode was very exposition heavy. And, you know, a, a lot of people didn't necessarily like that. And I've, I've heard from, from people online and I've heard from, uh, from friends and from colleagues who, you know, they didn't necessarily like all the exposition, but honestly, I think for a premiere episode, especially after the last few episodes from the previous season, I think we needed a little bit of a palate cleanser. Like you needed to, uh, you needed to hear people's thoughts. You needed to know what you were about to get into going forward instead of things just being dropped into your lap. So in other news outside of that, now, um, I'm a huge fan of the band Queen. Absolutely love Queen. Have always loved Queen ever since I was a kid. Like, um, I had the Flash Gordon soundtrack when I was a kid, and I absolutely loved it. Brian Singer, who we all know from uh, Usual Suspects and um, Valkyrie and the X-Men movies, is going to direct... Uh, the Queen biopic. This the movie about the band, and it's going to be it's going to star Rami Malek from uh, from Mr. Robot as Freddie Mercury. Now, this one I actually am on the fence about. There are movies that Brian Singer does well. There are moments that Brian Singer can capture. I'm not necessarily sure that I'm completely on board with him directing a queen movie and then frankly because this 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 project has been so mired in uh in in red tape and has gone through so many different directors there's a part of me that doesn't even know if it's going to uh going to get made at all but you know i i hold out hope i hold out hope that it's going to happen because like i said i'm a huge fan of the band and I would love for a younger generation, for new people, to kind of learn about how great uh, Queen was and and continues to be. So, in other directing news, um, 
one of the other things that was huge for me as a kid, I, I have a twin brother. Me and my twin brother loved this show, loved Robotech. That was, you know, just I loved the Macross saga when, you know, I, I would come home from school in California, it would come on. I think it was like three thirty out to four o'clock. No, three thirty was GI Joe, and four o'clock was Robotech. And we just and we watched it, and it was huge. We all wanted like uh, like Veritech fighters. We wanted we wanted the toys and things like that. And and my stepdad actually actually I think found uh, found them once, and it was just it was huge. So they uh, the Robotech movie has kind of been is another project that's been kind of bouncing around Hollywood for for a long time. Um I mean I think the last thing before this recent news was that it was, you know, the that James Wan who's directing Aquaman for Warner Brothers was going to, you know, direct the uh Robotech movie. Now that uh Sony has the um has the property They've got a director in place, and it's, uh, I'm probably going to get the last name wrong, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. Uh, Andy Muschietti. I may be wrong, but uh, I'm hoping I'm not. Uh, Muschietti um, is going to be directing the Robotech film for Sony. But uh, My thing is, is that, you know, Muschietti's like really busy right now. Like he's kind of really deep in the Stephen King world uh, at the moment, like He's directing the uh, the big screen adaptation of It, like the first It film, and that's coming out this fall. And then he's also taking over uh, the directing duties on the Lock and Key pilot for Hulu. Now, the reason why I say Stephen King World is because uh, Lock and Key is based on a comic book series written by Stephen King's son, uh, writer Joe Hill, who I'm a huge fan of. Um so it's going to be interesting to see when and if he can kind of get into production on this movie. And frankly, if he actually gets it, gets it made. Cause like I said, it's been kind of rattling around the, the studio system for a while now. And it's a big movie. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of moving parts to that film if they get it right. It's just a question of getting it done. So. Again, and also in, in movie news, do yourself a favor. Like, if you go to superpoweredfancast.com, I want you to look at the trailer for Guillermo del Toro's new movie, The Shape of Water. Now, it looks absolutely beautiful to me. It's like a, it's like a haunting kind of, um, monster love story. Like, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of, like, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. But if the girl was in love with the creature from the Black Lagoon, but just the the trailer itself is just so hauntingly beautiful. Like it just reminds me of like the best of uh, Del Toro's work. Like they're just there are elements of of Hellboy in it that I can see. Um, there are elements of Pan's Labyrinth uh, that I can see as far as like some of the visuals. Like uh, there are uh, aspects of it that remind me of the devil's backbone. Like I, I just, and even the, the lead, um, uh, the lead actress, uh, Elisa played by Sally Hawkins. Like she's so dynamic in her role as well. And the fact that she in, in the role, she's, um, she's mute. 
So she communicates through sign language. It's just, I guess it's just really beautiful to look at. And like the, the supporting cast is great. Too. It looks great too. I mean, you got, um, Octavia Spencer, uh, you got Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins and, uh, <clears throat> and Doug Jones. So just do yourself a favor and, and watch that trailer. I think, I think it's going to be an amazing film and it's definitely going to be one that I seek out to see because I really want to see that vision. And it comes into theaters December 8th of this year. So I think that'll be great. Now, also, if you go to my site and you go and you scroll down to the bottom, I have uh, Amazon ads on the site now. So if you buy things off Amazon, you can actually like click on those ads and go to Amazon and buy your products and it'll help support the podcast. And even if you, and especially if you like buy items that are related to the articles that you're reading, like if you go to uh, the site now, you can buy Pan's Labyrinth on Blu-ray for $14.99 or you can buy uh, Crimson Peak, another uh, Del Toro film on Blu-ray for $10.99. So if you buy those things, um, you're buying them for the, the same price you'd buy them if you were going to Amazon.com. But you also uh, will help out um, help out Superpowered Fancast, both the uh, website and the podcast. So um, either way, I thank you just even for for looking. So um, now, if you go to um, one of the uh, sites that I write for uh, Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com. Um, you'll read my, you can read my reviews of, uh, DC Comics titles. And I, I, I read a lot of them. I review a lot of them. Now on superpowerfancast.com, I do, uh, I mainly have been reviewing one comic book series, uh, issue by issue. And that is Secret Empire by Marvel Comics. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I still don't like it. Like I've got, I'm literally up to Secret Empire number six now, and that review is on my site. And I literally can't find something in this storyline that I'm finding enjoyable. And it's not for lack of trying. I'm trying to look at it from, uh, you know, with an open mind. I'm trying to not judge. I'm trying to just kind of let the story happen. But there's almost nothing joyful or enjoyable about it. And I'm just, and to be honest with you, I don't know what they want as a fan to engender with this story. What are they trying to say? And, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm not a slouch. So I can't actually understand subtext. I just don't find any in this story, especially not any subtext that actually would make me go, hmm, that's interesting. What it is, is that it's just like, there's just no joy in this story. There's nothing joyful in it. It's just slog after slog, issue after issue of heroes being dicks to each other, which has become, frankly, the norm at Marvel Comics. Like, I can't remember the last story arc where it wasn't superheroes fighting other superheroes. Now, if you can, please let me know, because then, you know, I'd rather be educated than be ignorant. But I just can't find anything in Marvel Comics now. Like, the movies I still love, but the comics, I can't find anything joyful in them. I don't, And I don't understand why they want to do that. So, I mean, check it out for yourself. Let me know what you think. Like, I just, I, 
I'm I'm becoming more and more disillusioned uh, with the comic side of Marvel Comics as each issue progresses. So what else is going on in the world? Um, so Fox is getting. Uh, I mean, they're kind of they're going all in on their uh, X Men series, The Gifted, that uh, that airs this fall. And one of the things they're doing, which actually I'm probably one of the only people that actually kind of likes viral websites. And uh, Fox has one for uh, for the gifted. It's called the Sentinel Services, um, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, it's basically like you click on it and it's going to take you to like a government website where you can uh, you just kind of look at um, you kind of look at the services that they offer and it's it's very innocuous and they talk about the mutant gene and how to protect your family and why get tested but if you click on the links for getting tested it's it's the the mutant underground takes over and you see like characters like um like blink uh telling you to uh to you know beware of the sentinel services and i think it's kind of cool and uh, there's an actual um link to it on my website um that you can click i think it's uh, I, I think it's i think it's really cute um, but also, uh, Fox is also looking to, they really are, um, looking to expand, uh, and create new universes. So what they're doing is, is that they're, um, they're actually going to make a Mega Man movie, a Mega Man based on the video game, Mega Man. And they brought in the, uh, uh, the directors of the, uh, documentary movie, Catfish uh, to direct it. Now it's going to be produced by um, by Masioka, who is the formerly um, uh, from Heroes and uh, Churnin Entertainment. Um, and this is a story that that's from the the Hollywood Reporter. Now Ariel Schulman and Henry Ju- uh, Jost, I don't know Jost or Juice, uh, probably say Jost, uh, will be directing the movie. And you know they have previous experience, like they they directed both Paranormal Activity three and four. And the last movie they did was uh, Nerve uh, in 2016 that starred uh, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. Now, the next piece of news I want to talk about is there's an international Netflix trailer, I think it's for Korea, that showcases the um, Netflix Marvel series, a series of shows, and it's narrated by Stan Lee. Now, I think it's absolutely awesome because he talks about you know, what it means to be a hero and it, and it showcases the characters that, uh, are on the show. So, I mean, it, it showcases like Luke Cage and, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. And, um, I think it's just, I think it's amazing to see. And I love Stan and just his voice alone is, is, is worth the price of admission. So you should definitely check it out. So here's going to be just a, just a taste of the audio just a little bit that you can uh that you can hear just you can kind of get a sense of what stan is trying to to say in this in this trailer they're the greatest stories ever told heroes show us we don't need to be perfect to do what's right it's not about living without fear, but facing injustice. It's not about being powerful, but finding your calling when you least expect it. They show us 
Yes, it's okay to be vulnerable. No matter how tough you are. Because even though they're heroes, they're still human. You see what I mean? see what I mean? So the last piece of news I want to talk about uh, is actually probably the biggest piece of news so far that's come out of the whole um, <clears throat> Comic-Con like world. And that is that Warner Brothers has announced the next DC Comics film that they're going to start filming. And it's, you know, <clears throat> something you might not have expected. They're going to film Shazam. Now, I personally think this is an odd choice, but I mean, it's it's an interesting one. Now, Shazam is, of course, the alter ego of uh, 12-year-old Billy Batson, who's a homeless uh, orphan who uh, gets the powers of when he says that when he says Shazam, he gets the powers of the gods. So this is going to be and I think. Honestly, I think this is a lot of this. The decision to go with Shazam as the next movie is based completely on the success of Wonder Woman because they looked at how positive the story was and how um, they can go kind of big with it, but still have heart. And I think that's what they're they're going to go with as far as with Shazam. Now, there's no word yet on whether uh, Dwayne Johnson, who is cast as Black Adam is going to be in the Shazam movie before his spinoff film. And, but Warners has brought in a director. Like they're going to go with uh, David F. Sandberg as uh, being brought on to direct. Now, he directed the 2016 film Lights Out. Um, his next movie is actually Annabelle Creation, uh, which comes out uh, this fall. And he's going to, he's also going to be producing. It with uh, Peter Safran, who is currently producing the Aquaman movie. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, there's there's also no word yet on casting. But considering this is San Diego Comic Con week, I'm relatively sure we may actually hear something within the next couple of days about who's going to be playing Shazam. And frankly, they're going to have to because it look it's looking like the studio wants to start filming in January of next year, so that they can be out by 2019. So they're going to have to kind of get on the stick and get that information out there because, you know, interest wanes. So there you have it. That is the 21st episode of the Superpowered Fancast. The show is now old enough to drink. And that, frankly, that's what I've been doing the whole time. As always, you can read um, news articles and watch trailers and be in the know on uh, the website, superpoweredfancast.com. Uh, you can always uh, leave me comments on articles, information that you like, and I get them all, I read them all, I respond to them all. You can also reach me by email at uh, superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter at superpowered fan. Um, please do let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to uh, to see going forward. Heck, if we have a good enough rapport, 
you may actually I may actually invite you to come on as a co-host and we can just kind of talk about uh, talk about an issue that we both enjoy. Um, you can also uh, read my articles on Geeks Worldwide at uh, the GWW.com. And um, until next week, this is Darren for Superpowered Fancast saying, see you then. Bye. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!